From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is Battleground Ballot Box. I'm Stephen Fowler. There's been a lot of attention on Georgia's governor and Senate race, with millions of dollars pouring in to help determine the future of our state and our country. But in addition to gubernatorial hopeful Stacey Abrams and Senator Raphael Warnock, Democrats will also be paying close attention to Southwest Georgia Congressman Sanford Bishop, who could help determine control of the House and bring Democratic voters to the polls. I think that uh, we are at a very pivotal moment uh, in the history of our country and in the history of the world. Uh, democracy here in the United States and democracies across the country are being really, really tested. He represents one of the 10 poorest congressional districts in the country that's also home to the backbone of Georgia's agricultural industry. But this time around, some voters are looking for something different. And I'm not saying that, that you know, Sanford's a bad guy or anything, but it, it's time to have somebody who supports agriculture, not only with their mouth, but with their vote. So Republican Chris West, a Thomasville native and one of the first real challengers Bishop has faced in 30 years, says it's time to rotate the crop and send someone else to Washington. They feel like they're not being represented as well as they could be, and they want to give me a shot, and that's all I ask for is just give me a shot. While Bishop is still favored to win re-election in a district that supported Joe Biden by about 10 points in 2020, the margin of victory and total turnout in the black belt could have an outsized effect on Democratic victories at the top of the ticket. This week, we look at why the road to November runs through the heart of Southwest Georgia. Democratic Congressman Sanford Bishop has been serving in the U.S. House for longer than I've been alive and has faced many challenges and challengers over the years. But when I speak to him after a meet and greet in Thomasville last week, the 75-year-old says this is the highest stakes election he's run in. I think that uh, we are at a very pivotal moment uh, in the history of our country and in the history of the world. Uh, democracy here in the United States and democracies across the country are being really, really tested. And so our vote in this election is going to be our voice and it's going to be the only weapon that we have to be able to preserve and protect the heritage, the legacy, uh, the freedoms uh, of the United States of America that have been sought after by generation after generation after generation from across the world. It's a surprisingly dire message from the mild-mannered moderate congressman, a member of the fiscally conservative Blue Dog Democrats Caucus, and generally an unassuming figure in an era of outsized voices and a polarized Congress. For three decades, Southwest Georgia has been represented by Bishop, who has outperformed other Democrats by garnering support from white Republican-leaning farmers in addition to the region's sizable black population. Since 2016, Bishop has won by anywhere from 18 to 22 percentage points. Joe Biden, Stacey Abrams, and Hillary Clinton each won by about 12% in 2020, 2018, and 2016, respectively. Some of that can be attributed to his more moderate, don't rock the boat persona. Some of it too can be tied to the district, a massive sprawling complex of mostly rural farmland that also is home to most of Georgia's second and fourth most populous cities. It's very awesome. Uh, and it also um, 
puts me in a very, very uh, interesting uh, but delicate position. I have to try to balance the issues and the needs of the state at large uh, against the, the, the needs of my particular district. Earlier this fall, I spoke at length with Bishop in Columbus during the Democratic Party of Georgia's state convention, strategically held in what is now the only remotely competitive U.S. House district in Georgia, and asked him why he seemed to survive so long in a fast-changing political world. Politics in Georgia has become very polarized, and uh, there are homogeneous types of groups uh, of districts uh, in various parts of Georgia. The Atlanta metro area is much more liberal uh, and has a different perspective in viewing some of the issues than the rural parts of Georgia. Uh, my district is uh, half rural and half urban, uh, so I have to be sensitive to both of those, uh, uh, those constituencies, and so I have to pay much closer attention than many of my colleagues uh, in the Democrat side and on the Republican side. Uh, they pretty much uh, can, can almost uh, sua sponte know what they want to say on a particular issue. I have to really think about it and weigh and carefully consider uh, both sides of an issue and try to determine what is in the best interest of the majority of the people and what's good government. So I basically uh, try to put uh, the people above politics. Uh, I try to uh, just figure out what is in the best interest of the people of my area, my district, uh, the people of Georgia, uh, and basically uh, the people of the country. That's borne out numerous times throughout his lengthy career. A strong supporter of the Second Amendment, once upon a time, in 2018, he used to have an A rating from the National Rifle Association. But he's also voted for the recent Democrat-sponsored bill to ban assault weapons. As another example, in a lengthy anecdote during that Thomasville stop, Bishop explained how he came to eventually support the Affordable Care Act's passage in 2009. One of the most difficult decisions that I had was uh, when I had to decide whether to vote for or against the Affordable Care Act. Um, I did an opinion poll, and uh, the scientific poll came down almost 50-50. Half of the people wanted it, the other half of the people were adamantly opposed to it. So I was damned if I did and damned if I didn't. He held a town hall on the issue, in Thomasville coincidentally, and was greeted by tons of angry constituents who were very much opposed to the health care legislation. And so I just got down on my knees and asked God to help me make the right decision, and I asked, what would Jesus do? And I was reminded of the 25th chapter of Matthew. When I was sick, you ministered unto me. And so that said to me that I should try to implement a policy so that people who were sick uh, could get some relief, uh, could get some healing, and could get the health care that they needed. And this was an opportunity to do that. The bill became law and has stayed the law of the land despite Republican rumblings over the years to dismantle it. Uh, and as it turned out, uh, while it was controversial then, uh, it is now uh, almost universally accepted now. And so I think it was a good decision. Uh, it was a politically uh, controversial decision, uh, but by the grace of God, uh, it, it, it panned out. 
while other Democrats in Georgia and nationally are focusing more on issues like abortion access, voting rights, and other bread and butter issues for the party, Sanford Bishop has largely stuck to a script of topics more relevant to the people of the 2nd District, like touting the bipartisan infrastructure bill's impact on crumbling roads and bridges in the region and his heightened roles on key financial, military, and agricultural committees. Plus, there's this recent TV ad featuring bipartisan endorsements from two rural sheriffs supporting Bishop's stance on crime and policing. We work with leaders from both parties. Sanford Bishop is as effective as they come. Sanford delivered funds for community policing and provided police officers in our schools to protect our kids. And he's helped fund hundreds of new police officers throughout Middle and South Georgia and the training and equipment to help keep them safe. And Sanford will never defund the police. Look, we only support leaders who support law enforcement. We're proud to support Sanford Bishop. I'm Sanford Bishop. I approve this ad. I trust Congressman Bishop with my life. Put another way, Bishop says he just doesn't have the time to play a lot of polarizing games like politicians in safer districts can play because he really has to cater to an electorate truly representative of many different viewpoints. In most instances, uh, the issues that impact my district are issues that are really not partisan issues. Uh, agriculture is a bipartisan uh, concern. Uh, it is the largest uh, economic engine for the state of Georgia. And of course, everybody has to eat. Uh, and of course, that is everybody in the world uh, has to eat. And of course, we produce in America and uh, in Georgia the highest quality, the safest, the most abundant, uh, and the most economical food and fiber anywhere in the industrialized world. And uh, whether I'm a Republican or a Democrat, uh, I want to make sure that uh, the economic engine of our state and the, uh, uh, the food uh, security of our country uh, is is well protected and well supported and uh, I would have to do that uh, regardless of which party and I have uh, allies uh, on both sides of the aisle uh, to make that happen. There are plenty of pluses about Bishop's campaign that should point to an easy re-election even after redistricting turned the district slightly less favorable, dipping the black population to just under 50% and making it the only remotely competitive seat in the state. For one, he's a multi-decade incumbent with bipartisan charm and crossover appeal. He's got clout with key industries like agriculture, takes a more moderate stance on many key issues, is supported by a strong base of black voters, and has raised record funds dwarfing his Republican opponent Chris West. So why are members of both parties cautiously eyeing this race well outside of Atlanta? We'll dive into that more after this quick break. This is Battleground Ballot Box, I'm Stephen Fowler, and we're looking at Georgia's 2nd Congressional District race, where the performance of Democratic incumbent Sanford Bishop and Republican challenger Chris West could help determine who is victorious statewide. Where Sanford Bishop's success has come in crossover support from white, conservative-leaning farmers, Chris West's pathway to Congress comes from bringing those voters back to the fold, and then some. He's got the resume of a solid Republican candidate military background, business owner, family man, and church member, Thomasville native whose family ties to agriculture runs multiple generations. 
He's challenging a popular incumbent, though in a midterm year where Republicans are favored as disillusioned with Democratic control in Washington still hangs in the air. He's running a shoestring campaign after notching an upset win in a primary runoff against an opponent with outside funding and more airtime on Fox News. Uh, but it's been injected with apple juice or, or other, other juices. We've got butts that, that have just... So West has been crisscrossing the 30-county district, speaking at small-scale events like one in Roberta at a young farmer's meeting, where he's right at home sampling barbecue in a high school classroom after hours. So whenever you get it, whatever you get, you taste it, you know, I'll tell you what you're getting. Uh, we'd like honest feedback, you know, what you like about it. West has a steady stump speech outlining his family background, ties to the district, and familiar statistics about the district's reliance on agriculture and high levels of poverty. He laments high costs of fertilizers and fuel farmers need to make the food we eat and places the blame squarely on Bishop's votes for Democratic policy agenda. My opponent, Sanford Bishop, has voted with Joe Biden 100% of the time to put us in the position of having these high fuel prices and inflation issues. He's not bombastic, but rather comes across like a friend than a neighbor who wants to make a difference. And that's what I want to do. I want to go up and work hard to be your voice in Congress. Um, and, and I've been going out all across this district and, and all of our different communities, uh, from the north side to the south side, east and west, meeting with folks to say, I want to be your voice. I want to go up there and fight for you to say a lot of these regulations, they don't, they don't pass the test of common sense. More notably, at a time when a growing segment of the Republican Party is focused on emulating Donald Trump and culture war issues like abortion, transgender rights, and false claims about the 2020 election, West is locked in on things that actually matter to people of the district, mainly agriculture. And it's certainly getting attention. You know, one of the things that people harp on all the time and, and people think we're joking but it has been in newspapers it, people have said it before that a lot of people whether even in Atlanta at the Capitol in Washington they don't worry about the agriculture person because they think they can just run down to Kroger and pick up their food they, they have no understanding that a farmer had to grow it and, and having somebody like Chris West who wants to base his candidacy on, on agriculture is huge because we in agriculture need somebody who is a constant supporter of agriculture um, and, and the understanding of just how much money we put in the economy. That's Daryl Baxley, the advisor for the Crawford County Young Farmers Group and an agriculture teacher at the high school. Inflation isn't just a nebulous concept used as a political football for its members. It's in some cases tripling the cost of things like gasoline and fertilizer. And so when you think about a, a, a let's, let's just talk production agriculture for a minute, a full-time farmer, um, that person relies on farming for his livelihood. And we as consumers might pay a higher price, but that higher price is not going to the farmer. That higher price is going to everybody else, you know, in the packaging, in the, in the transportation and things like that. So when their input costs have tripled, their bring-in has not tripled. So they're losing money and they're having, a lot of folks are having to leave agriculture because of the inflation, because of the high fuel cost, because they can't sustain themselves any longer with, with such high cost. 
So Chris West just showing up and listening and offering his conservative policy stances goes a long way. And that genuine interest could be enough to persuade crossover Sanford voters to give West a chance. Well, you know, no doubt a lot of people just even here in Crawford County have been huge Sanford Bishop supporters throughout the years. You know, Sanford cut his teeth, you know, on, on supporting agriculture, supporting the local farmer. A lot of folks here in the county that, you know, Republicans voted for him, um, you know, Democrats voted for him. Um, and I'm not saying that, that, you know, Sanford's a bad guy or anything, but it, it's time to have somebody who supports agriculture, not only with their mouth, but with their vote. After West's speech and mingling with a group of about a dozen people, his brother Justin pulls out his phone to shoot a quick video ad with one of them that later runs on social media. Hey, this is Randy Bennett from Crawford County. We farm livestock and cut hay, and we honestly feel that it's time to rotate the crop, so vote for Chris West. West knows he's in an uphill battle to beat Bishop, and he's taking every opportunity to find votes and sharpen his message. Just outside of Thomasville and Coolidge, he tours Hearst Boiler, the largest boiler manufacturer in the country that pays well with strong benefits. Just getting around seeing what y'all's operation looks like, and you know, that's part of why we're, um, we're running to, to help bring more of this stuff to, to South to West Georgia. Um, it's been a successful company, and we want to try to replicate this and you know, get good paying jobs throughout this district. Oh, yes, um, sir. This, believe it or not, this is one of the top 10 poorest congressional districts in the country, and, um, and it shouldn't be that way. And you guys have done it right here, and we want to see it and, and uh, see how we can help bring other good paying jobs to working people across this district. Yes, sir, brother. And I appreciate everything you do for us, man. It's, it's great seeing somebody from home, you know, running for us and looking out for us. That's what's. That's what really matters. Driving through the district, there have been more Farmers for West signs pop up in recent weeks, and people that used to donate money to Bishop have been supporting West, though the extent won't be known until campaign finance reports are released. And while the Republicans' campaign is being outraised and outspent, he says word of mouth, his background, experience, and the promise of something different has helped his campaign spread. I've worked in metro areas and rural areas. I started, my, my first job was on a farm. Uh, I worked at a paint store through college. Um, I, I've, I've worked throughout different industries across this district, and I think I've been able to be in a position that I know a lot of the people across this district. I know what it's like to, to get up and, and be a blue collar guy and go to work. I know what it's like to, to put on a tie and go to work as well. And. Uh, you know, I, I care about the, the people of this district, and I, I think how we've been able to succeed in a district that is so large is with hard work, and it's with relationships, and people in so many of the rural areas, they still talk to people, still have conversations, they go to church with people, they see each other, people at work and in restaurants, and that word of mouth campaign has really been very effective for us. Another strategy that should not be overlooked is taking his message about the economy and inflation to places where Republicans don't usually spend a lot of time. Jalen Johnson, a young black Republican city commissioner in Albany, says, Look, Chris West is doing something different than I don't think any of 
Sanford's challenges over the decades have, have been able to do. Chris is going to these rural uh, communities and rural cities in southwest Georgia, not just hitting the big apples, you know, like Albany, Columbus, and Macon. Of course, Chris is hitting those as well. From white farmers in Roberta to lower-income black residents in Albany, Johnson says West's message is resonating with people who want to have better economic opportunities in the district that has still been one of the poorest after decades of Democratic representation in the U.S. House. If you're telling me that we have leaders who've been in office for decades and we've had the same political party and the same political structure that's been in office for decades, earning the same vote structure from people here in the city of Albany, and nothing has changed, that's called, in, that's called insanity. At the end of the day, he thinks enough people could vote for a fresh face in Congress. It's something akin to why not? I finally think that the people of Southwest Georgia and the 2nd Congressional District will actually wake up to reality that, uh, that uh, we, we need some new representation. And look, there's nothing bad about saying that. I think people, people get into this mindset that it's a bad thing to, you know, you know to say, oh, you're attacking Sanford Bishop. No, I, I think a lot of people just feel that we need new representation. There hasn't been any public polling of the 2nd District, but one thing is clear. There are a lot more people paying attention to both inside and outside Southwest Georgia at what the outcome will be. In Thomasville, Sanford Bishop brought out close to 50 people to a meet and greet recently, like Margaret Titus, director of a nearby senior care center and an unsuccessful state house candidate in 2018. She says in her corner of the state, people want humanity and balance brought back into politics. And I think that Sanford Bishop is a perfect example of a man in politics with power who can make that happen. So I am com committed to seeing him represent me. The definition of representative is to represent. And I believe that Sanford Bishop is representing my values. Bishop believes the strength of his record and accomplishments made during the first two years of President Joe Biden's administration merits another term in office. But I'm just here to say that the glass is not half empty. The glass is half full. We are two years into this administration. And with the legislation that has passed already, it is more than has passed in four years in previous administrations. There are several factors that are in Republicans' favor for a potential upset or at least some narrowing of the margins, like West targeting of farmers and making inroads with black voters dissatisfied with the state of the economy. In a typical midterm year, the party out of power nationally, aka Republicans, tend to do better in congressional races, and the second district is drawn where it's not overwhelmingly Democratic. West is also engaging people that might not normally vote in a non-presidential year, and could add more Republican votes for statewide candidates in tight races. On the other hand, Bishop, a three-decade incumbent, has raised more money this cycle so far than he's ever raised and is spending it to take no chances. In addition to Bishop's ads, the Democrats' National House Committee is airing TV spots in the district attacking West as extreme on issues like Social Security and Medicare and for opposing abortion under any circumstances. Plus, there are greater implications for the party as a whole. 
A strong showing for Sanford could boost turnout among black voters in the district, which could then give Stacey Abrams and Raphael Warnock more support in what will, of course, be close statewide races. But even if Bishop does win again, West's campaign has more than opened the door for a longer-term future where a Republican could represent the district and might help seal the deal for the GOP at the top of the ticket in the shorter term by activating conservative-leaning voters who might otherwise stay home. Battleground Ballot Box from Georgia Public Broadcasting is produced by me, Stephen Fowler. Our editor is Josephine Bennett. Our engineers, Jake Cook and Jesse Neiswanger, wrote our theme music. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR.